0: Welcome to the podcast of Harvest Baptist Church in Harvest, Alabama. We invite you into our sanctuary as we dive into God's Word with our pastor, Dr. Al Perringer. I'd like you, if you have your Bible or your Bible app, uh, to turn to Proverbs 1 and I'll read verses 1 through 7 here in, in just a, a moment. Um, I was reading, a, a, it's obviously a fake story, but you know, it's, it's a, uh, an interesting story. Uh, there's a story about this proud young man who came to Socrates, the philosopher. And he walked up to the, uh, the well-known philosopher and said, "'Oh, great Socrates, I come to you for wisdom.'" Well, Socrates recognized that this guy was a little bit arrogant and he, he wanted to come to wisdom in his own terms and not in other terms. And so he led this young man down the streets of the city, down to the sea, and then they got into chest deep water. And then Socrates asked him, what do you want? Oh, wisdom, oh great, Socrates, said the young man with a smile. And Socrates put his strong arm, hands on the man and pushed him down under the water, held him there for 30 seconds, then lifted him back up, and Socrates asked him again, what do you want? Oh, wisdom, the young man sputtered. Oh, great and wise Socrates. You know, he's really buttering him up. So Socrates took him again and put him under, held him down there for 40 seconds. And then Socrates then led him up. And the man was gasping and Socrates asked him again, what do you want, young man? And between all the heavy breathing and the heaves that he was going, he goes, wisdom, oh, wise and wonderful. And Socrates just had enough and put him back down under the water again, held him there for 50 seconds, pulled him back up. What do you want? Air, the young man screeched. I need air. And this is what Socrates told him. When you want wisdom as much as you have just wanted air, then you're going to find wisdom. You've got to be desperate for it. So, you know, many people want wisdom and knowledge. They want to know how to live life to its fullest. But most people either don't want to put the effort into what is needed in order to get that wisdom because they're not desperate enough. They think, maybe kind of like the arrogant young man, I mean, I know I I know what I need to know and I don't need to know anymore, or, or something like that. But you know, that, or else people are looking for wisdom in all the wrong places. Now, even though this world is a very fallen world, and that made everything topsy turvy, it is possible to find supernatural wisdom and knowledge to navigate life because God has given it to us through His Word. And as much as the Bible tells us about the glories of salvation and the wonders of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, it is also very practical in that it tells us how to live for His glory in the midst of a world that is so messed up. And so now God inspired a collection of this wisdom and knowledge to be pooled together in the book that we know as Proverbs. It's called the book of Proverbs because it contains Proverbs. Well, what in the world is a proverb? Well, one definition is that a proverb is a short memorable statement that is used to give wise advice or counsel. It is sometimes designed to provoke a conclusion about the natural world based on experience or observation. It is often characterized by metaphor, terseness, ease of memorization, and applicability outside its original context. And so we want to look into this. We want to find what it is that God says is wisdom. Tonight is more of a bit of an introduction to the book. And so the introduction tells us why the, you know, I guess you could say why this book was written, what this, this book is about, and where to find the beginning of wisdom. And so I want to read verses one through seven of Proverbs chapter one, it's not not up on the screen, I I didn't get that organized to do that for Wednesday night. But uh, let's stand and and read God's word in reverence of the reading of God's word as we read Proverbs one, verses one through seven. And it says, the Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, to know wisdom and instruction, to understand words of insight, Heavenly Father, I pray that our hearts are open to your wisdom, and Lord, that we would not be the fool who despises wisdom and instruction. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Now, the, the, the book begins by uh, introducing the writer of the, a good portion of the book, King Solomon. We all know him. And uh, we know that he was given some supernatural wisdom uh, from God. He's not the only one that has wisdom uh, in, in here. There's other names that uh, are, are listed. So this introduction, it might tell us, you know, who wrote the first nine chapters of the book, and then, you know, he sprinkled in uh, the rest of the book. But it doesn't matter, whoever, you know, they collected all this wisdom, all of it was inspired by God. It's all inspired writings of God. And these first seven verses, they introduce us to the book and the journey that you take when you read the book. So, well, you know, what, what does this introduction tell us about this journey when we prayerfully read the book? Well, first, this introduction tells us what the purpose of Proverbs is. So, it tells us the purpose of Proverbs. In verses two and three, you know, it tells us what you know why they these Proverbs were gathered, what it's trying to accomplish. And so, first it says to know wisdom and instruction, and it's talking about acri- acquiring the skill needed to live rightly. And so the word used for wisdom here it conveying conveys the idea of acquiring a skill, using a skill. And so again, Proverbs is very practical, and it's trying to explain to us how to obtain and use the skills we need to live rightly. And often, you know, we, we contrast the difference between wisdom and knowledge by saying that wisdom is putting into practice the knowledge that we have, and you know, that in a sense that's true. Uh, wisdom is the skill to live out the knowledge that we obtain. And um, we need that wisdom because sin, the fall of man has has blurred a person's understanding of what it means to live rightly. I mean, it, it, because of the sinful nature that we now have, there isn't, uh, we, we don't have an innate nature that allows us to, you know, instinctively learn and live out what is correct, the wise way of living. And so we have to be taught wisdom. We have to be taught these skills and this instruction. And, and so, We gotta make sure that we get them from the right sources, this wisdom and knowledge. I'll talk a little bit more about that in a a bit. But Proverbs is here to give wisdom. It's here to give us the skill to live, even in the the midst of a fallen world. I mean, specifically because it is a fallen world. But then verse two also tells us that not only do we have these Proverbs to give us wisdom, but also instruction. And, And that word instruction there has the concept of discipline behind it. And so, you know, in, in some sense, it does refer to the d- discipline, like, you know, when we talk about disciplining our kids, correction, chastisement. And, you know, if a child has a behavior that's not healthy for them, we discipline them to try and get that behavior out of them. And so, discipline, it, it, it's this idea of correction, but it's not just punishment. You know, we might think of discipline as punishment. But it's showing someone what is wrong, telling them why it's wrong, and then telling them instead, you know, what they were supposed to do instead to conform themselves to right behavior. That's what discipline is supposed to do. Point out the wrong behavior, tell why it's wrong, and then uh, say that this is the right behavior. You'll see a lot of that in the parallelisms of Proverbs. It'll tell you the wrong, what's wrong, and then it'll tell you, you know, what's right. And so you'll notice Proverbs will chastise a lot of different behaviors and tell you how to live instead. But then with the word discipline also comes, you know, the idea of having the initiative to be trained in living out a skill. You want wisdom, well, then you have to discipline yourself to seek out that wisdom, to obtain that wisdom, to learn the wisdom and then live it out. you know, we talk about the discipline that, um, you know, an athlete needs to have in order to be the best at their game. The discipline that, well, we Christians need to have in order to grow spiritually. We talk about the spiritual disciplines. Well, they're there, they're having that initiative to seek that out. And, And so, there is this very practical concept of the Proverbs are here, to give us skill and to teach us the way of discipline and to, you know, create within us discipline so that uh, we have the desire to live rightly. But not only is um, there the, the practical part, there is also the mental part. There is the knowledge and learning of facts that are then transferred to living. You know, we don't just learn learn the knowledge, to have the knowledge, but we learn it so we can live it. And so it says in verse two, that there is this purpose of understanding words of insight. So there is this mental aspect. It's being able to get the information, take the information, the facts, and discern from those facts what the best course of action is. So I guess we could say this is part of discipline, seeking out the information, processing it, and then coming up with the best solution or the best way to to live it out. And so there's the practical aspect, there's the mental aspect, but then finally, there's also the moral aspect of the Proverbs. Verse 3 says, to receive instruction in wise dealing in righteousness, justice, and equity. And so Proverbs gives us wisdom that gives us moral insight, so we're able to discern right from wrong. The word, it, it tells us there in righteousness, justice and equity. So the word righteousness there means being able to choose the right course of action. Justice means being able to discern and make a final judgment about the rightness and wrongness of something. And equity means, you know, knowing what is fair according to the principles of justice. So in the courtroom of life, you're able to figure out what's right, make a judgment about what's right, and then act out that which is right. Of course, there's a set standards that tell us what right and wrong is, and they're found in Proverbs, and I'll get to that in a minute. So the purpose of Proverbs, why this book has been gathered together, all this wisdom has been gathered together So we have the skill for living, we have the knowledge we need, and we have moral insight. But then the introduction not only, uh, you know, tells us the purpose of the Proverbs, then it tells us who the audience is of Proverbs. It tells us the audience of Proverbs. So who in the world is Proverbs written for? Well first, in verse four it says, to give prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the youth. So the word prudence there, it kind of means cleverness, cunning, but it's not in the negative sense, like, you know, when we think of cleverness and cunning, we might be thinking someone's trying to trick someone. So, but it's not that, I mean, you're not trying to teach someone how to trick anybody. It's the skill to live with discretion in, a practical, in practical matters. And so it says it's trying to give this prudence to the simple. Now, that almost sounds like um, like an insult. I mean, in English, the way it's translated in English, Because when we see that word simple, we might take it and think, oh, they're talking about simple-minded, as in dumb or stupid. But that's not what it's talking about. It's talking about someone who's naive about life because they just don't have the experience. They just don't have the experience that others do. So when it says to give prudence to the simple, it's not like a cut, it's not like an insult. It's not saying, you know, it's not a cutting on someone's intelligence. Because you could have the world's highest IQ and still be simple and naive because you just haven't developed the skills needed for life. And so that's why that part of the verse is coupled with the next part of the verse, the word simple is coupled with the word youth, right? It's talking about someone who is young, someone who is immature. I mean, it's, just, it's not a judgment on anyone, it's just a fact. I mean, we. We've all, we're young, we all needed to grow. We all needed to learn. And, and so if you have a short amount of time on earth, you haven't had that great amount of time to learn some skills. But Proverbs exists to give that naive youth some knowledge and the ability to discern, to discern how to live rightly. Um, but so, so Proverbs is written for the simple and the naive, But but and the youth, but they're not the only ones that need the Proverbs. Because then it says in verse five, let the wise hear and increase in learning and the one who understands obtain guidance. So Solomon is saying even those who have many years under their belt, even those who have learned a lot from the experiences of life, they too still need the wisdom that's given in Proverbs to live life rightly. Because no matter how old you are, you still don't have everything right. You still don't believe everything rightly. You're still not doing everything rightly. I mean, yeah, we have many years, we have a lot of experience, but we still have a lot to learn. And the truly wise person is gonna know that no matter how old they are, there's still a whole lot to learn. And a lot that they, they they can glean from a book like Proverbs. So it doesn't matter who you are, doesn't matter your status in life, doesn't matter your economic status, doesn't matter, you know, where you are on the corporate ladder or anything like that. Everyone needs to learn from this wisdom. As one commentator of old said, wisdom is the friend and counselor alike of the monarch on the throne, of the artisan in the workshop, And of the husbandmen in the field you know it's it's for everyone no matter your walk of life doesn't matter who you are doesn't matter what you do you are the audience for Proverbs doesn't matter if you're a pastor doesn't matter who you are we all are the audience for Proverbs and we need to learn and to take heed to that which is said and so we've talked about the purpose of Proverbs and the audience of Proverbs. Finally, we wanna see the foundation of Proverbs. Verse seven concludes the introduction and it kind of just settles the matter about where true wisdom is found. The bottom line, uh, you know, this is the bottom line of wisdom. This is where the repository of wisdom is ultimately found. Solomon says in verse 7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But on the other hand, fools despise wisdom and instruction. So the bottom line is that wisdom is found in God and God alone. Any wisdom that is found in the world that is not founded on God is not a source of wisdom that we want to drink from. The fear of the Lord, the reverence of the Lord, being in awe of the Lord and tr- entrusting ourselves to the Lord, that's where wisdom springs from. And, you know, Solomon, we all know the story of Solomon. For being so wise, he did a whole lot of stupid stuff, right? He did a whole lot of stupid stuff and he wrote a book about all the stupid stuff that he did, about living for the world. He, he, he looked throughout the world for ways of wisdom and couldn't find it. The book is called Ecclesiastes, right? I mean, he finally comes to this conclusion, <sighs> vanity, every single bit of it is vanity. Everything that he looked for in the world was empty, useless, useless. And so he tells the story about looking into all these different things in the world. And the, the, the wisdom that he gained from, well, okay, this is the way of the world, and this is the way of God, and so, you know, comparing it. But this is the conclusion that he came to in Ecclesiastes. In Ecclesiastes 12, 13, the end of the matter, all has been heard, fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. You know, he writes 11 chapters of all the stupid things that he tried out. And then comes to this one single conclusion. Fear God and keep his commandments. (laughs) We could say that Solomon, even though he was wise in many ways and stupid in many other ways, but, I mean, he (laughs) finally came to the right place. He finally made it. If you want wisdom, if you want instruction, if you want understanding, if you want prudence, if you want knowledge, if you want discretion and all this stuff that we talked about here, you have to start with God. That's the starting point. God and God is the standard of moral insight. He's the standard of what is right and wrong. He determines what is good and bad. He determines what is moral and what is evil and God himself being the ultimate good. But Solomon warns that there are fools out there who despise wisdom and instruction. And the word that's used there for fool is referring to someone who is arrogant. So it's talking about someone who who is arrogant enough to think that They have all the wisdom they need in and of themselves. I'm good enough. I'm smart enough. People like me, you know what? I I, I got all the wisdom that I need. I don't need God. I don't need the Bible. I don't need Jesus. I don't need none of that. I'm, I'm the ultimate of ultimates. And the Bible says, you're a fool. You're an absolute fool. Elsewhere in the Bible, right? It says that the fool says in his heart that there is no God. The fool says in his heart, there is no God and I don't want to follow God and I don't need the wisdom of God because I know how to live life. I got things under control and then all of a sudden things go out of control. Who are they going to turn to? They might finally learn that they are weak in and of themselves, but they have no one to turn to. They have no wisdom on how to deal with what comes in life. The atheist says in his heart, there is no God. And the atheist has their, their own holiday, April 1st. April Fool's Day. So, I, this, this, <laughs> you really wanna make, make people mad. So this April 1st go around saying Happy Atheist Day. The fool says in his heart there is no god. The fool, the fool despises the wisdom and instruction that comes from God. They think they got it all under control. They think that they have what it takes to make it through life only to find out that they are nothing but a broken cistern and God alone is the fountain of life. So don't be a fool. True wisdom is found in in God alone. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. That's where it all begins. And so this is what the book of Proverbs is all about. By reading it, by studying it, by ingesting it, And then living it, we will be the wisest people that there are because we've submitted ourselves to the wisdom of God. J.I. Packer said, Wisdom is the power to see and the inclination to choose the best and highest goal together with the surest means of attaining it. Jesus Christ is the best and highest goal and Jesus Christ is the surest means of attaining it. So place yourself under the Lordship of Jesus Christ because only there will you find true wisdom. And when you do, you know what? It doesn't matter what degrees you have or don't have. Doesn't matter what school you went to or didn't go to. If you are under the Lordship of Jesus Christ, you are gonna be wiser than any guru, any philosopher, any purported smart person, that is out there, because you have the source and foundation of all wisdom, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, so look to Him for your wisdom. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Harvest Baptist Church. For more information, visit us online at harvest-baptist.org, or find us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. You can also find info on our children's ministry on Facebook at Harvest Baptist Children's Ministry or on Instagram at KidsQuest underscore HBC. Our student ministries on Facebook at HBC Vertical Student Ministry and on Instagram at VSM underscore HBC. We welcome you to join us on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. We are located at 8999 Waltrana Highway in Harvest, Alabama. Thanks for listening. And God bless.